It is July 24th, 2017, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Ryan Dyer about being creative and the creative process and things that get in the way of being creative. Before we jump into the episode, I do have a couple of announcements. I have launched my 2018 Palouse Tours. If you're interested in joining me in the Palouse, which is where I live, you can go over to nickpagephotography.com and get signed up there. Also, I do have one spot available in this year's Kauai workshop. Majid Batazadigan and I are going to be going to Kauai this December. We have one spot left. It's an absolutely beautiful place to do photography. Go check that out on the website as well if you're interested. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about being creative with Ryan Dyer. So being creative is not always the easiest thing. There are times when you go out to shoot and it just doesn't come very easily. So when I think of creative photography, I definitely think of Ryan Dyer. And so it's pretty awesome that we have Ryan on the show today. Thanks for coming oh, on. Shucks. Though. Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Um, I feel like we talk a lot, but we never hang out. What is up with that? I know we live in the same state. We, we should probably get together at some point. Yeah. Well, no, we probably won't ever. <laughs> we, we've, we've both got the rooftop tents. We can go it's camping. Well, we, we, we're like rooftop brothers. Oh like, yeah. We could park like as close together as we can and, <laughs> and like just hold hands out, out the side exactly. door of our tents. That would, that would be the, we can make a little heart with our hands, you know? Oh yeah. Even better. We could do the, you remember when you were a kid and you put, Two like soup cans together oh, yeah. with a string. Exactly. Yeah. Little yeah. telephone action would be amazing. Nick, Nick, are you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to sleep. Please shut up. <laughs> I'm scared, dude. <laughs> so Ryan's photography is totally epic. Like if if you haven't already heard of Ryan Dyer, which I'd be surprised if you hadn't, Ryan's photography is epic and amazing and vibrant and dramatic and all of the things that I find inspiring uh, about photographers that I follow. He kind of embodies that. And one of the things that has always struck me about Ryan's photography is that it, it always has just that creative something special about the photo. It's something that I strive for in my own photography, where when I take a photo, like it, ha it has to have like something special going for it. Otherwise, it's just kind of another photo. Ryan's photography is excellent for that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I feel that something special is kind of getting redundant in my own work. Well, like I, I look at my, my shots and I go, oh, it's kind of all the same, so, <laughs> which is, you know, good for this to topic because I've, I've been going through very much this, you know, kind of creative struggle and mm -hmm. Like I've got so many shots sitting on my hard drive that I just can't be bothered to work on right now because I'm kind of in that like writer's block yeah. sort of thing that, that we all go through. Mm -hmm. So, And that's the thing about this subject is it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or a seasoned vet like Ryan, like we all go through it. We all go through those times where we're just not inspired or we go out to shoot and we're just like, man, I just. I can't see a photo here. And I, I constantly think to myself, like, you know, if Enrico Fasadi was here, he would make a great photo with what, what is here, but I just can't see it. I can't, I can't make it happen. That dude can make brilliant work out of nothing. Like <laughs> he, he's just a, a wizard. I love his stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we all go through that writer's block or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Right. But in my opinion, 
you always come out of the other end of it for the better. Yeah. Because it's that writer's block that forces you to think a little bit differently or try new things. I mean, that's that's always been the fire that kind of makes me branch out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, I, I tend to like progress in like big jumps. It's not like this slow progression. I'll I'll do something and and go through a, a slump, and then a couple months later I come out of it having kind of tweaked what I do and and approaching things differently. So mm-hmm. I tend to embrace it a little bit, I guess, because I I know it makes me a better yeah. artist. And I, I think that's the normal progression of things, is because like you you fall in love with a new technique or a new focal length or or something. And you do it to death like that. That just becomes like what your photography is about for a while. Like, man, yeah. I am all about that focal length blending. And yeah. I'm, every single shot is going to be a, a vertical shot, focal length blended. And, and you do it to death to where you just get sick of it. And as a result, you kind of get sick of your own photography for a while because everything you've been doing has kind of had that same thing going for it. And then you for sure. and then you kind of take a break from it and you're like, well, what do I want to do now? And well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of find a formula that works mm-hmm. and, and you're like, this is awesome. I'm loving everything I'm doing until you hating everything. Yeah. You're just, doing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> until Which, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it forces you to think a little bit differently. Like, and even the locations you go, you know, like I'm getting a little burnt out after 10 years of shooting mountain wildflower shots like like flowers are blooming at mount rainier right Wait, now have you like, have you ever shot a mountain wildflower shot i've never seen one of those from you a couple i mean <laughs> enough that it's probably 90 percent of my portfolio right <laughs> like right right now the, the wildflowers are blooming at rainier they're starting to come out mm-hmm. and i'm just sitting there going eh. you yeah. know like it just so it, it's good because you know the the slumps force you to to do new things exactly yeah you can embrace it in the beginning i think a lot of the the creative struggles that people have you know especially the the person still learning their camera is that the gear just gets in the way like i know when i take people on workshops a lot of times they will show up at a location and we'll get set up and that person will be fiddling with their camera and their tripod and all of the technical aspects before they even see what it is that they're about to take a photo of Like we'll, we'll be there five minutes and then a person will look over me at me and be like, so what are we taking pictures of? And yeah. so like one of my favorite things that Majid Badazadigan does is that uh, when we first show up, he just like keeps his gear in the bag and he just kind of walks around with his cell phone and just kind of starts, you know, experimenting with compositions and stuff. Yep. And that way you're right off the bat, you're like looking at what's actually there rather than dealing with all of the technical stuff first. And it just puts you in a weird a state of mind when you get too technical too early in the shoot. The most important thing I think is being completely comfortable with your camera, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm to the point now where I, I don't even have to think about my camera. The, the, the camera is just, you know, just a thing that's in front of me and I, yep. I, I could operate it blind. And I think that helps a lot because that takes away any worry about settings or, or, you know, lenses or whatever. Like, you know, I see something and I go, okay, I know how to, to shoot it. Um, and, and I don't think you have to like practice learning your camera only in the field. Like sit on the sofa, watch, you know, law and order and, and <laughs> fiddle around with your camera, like whatever you're going to do, like just get comfortable with it, mm-hmm. even just comfortable with it in your hand where the buttons are. You, you know, if it's the middle of the night, you don't have to be turning on your headlamp to yeah, to be exactly. shooting. You know, you can just operate it completely blind. Mm-hmm. Even down to like, you know, where 
certain focus points would be on your focus ring. I mean, get completely comfortable with it. That way you can focus on the creativity part of it when you're out there. You don't have to sit and worry about, you know, all the, the technical BS. Yeah. So. One of the things that Ryan and I both share is that we're both musicians and, it, yeah. it, you know, well, you're kind of, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I played drums for a while. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, this relates really well to music because if you think about learning to play guitar, it's very difficult to be super creative and write a masterpiece if you have to look at your fingers and like grab your fingers and put them in the shapes of the chords, you know, like yep. those learning stages, it's very, very difficult to be creative. You're just yeah. not. When you're learning to play an instrument or guitar, you you learn by playing other people's music because, yeah. you know, they, they've already taken the time to be creative. You need to learn to emulate that and learn what it's like to be creative and get past the technical stage. That way, when you get better, you can sit down, not think about where your fingers are and just play. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the chords are second nature and you can just sit there and go, I want this sound. So you create that sound. Right, exactly. All art is just kind of that that way where you have to get the technical stuff out of your way. So the other part of your brain can be creative. You know, and another thing that, that happened to me recently, like most people that follow me on social media and everything know, when I went to Iceland, I landed and found out that my mom died. and. I didn't have any technical issues in the way, but I was certainly not in the mood to be creative because my mind was just not in that mode. You know, I was in this mode where like, you know, I had a dark rain cloud following me everywhere and I wasn't, I just wasn't in the mood. You know, my wife and I were talking about that the other day, just like impressed that you were able to push through that and yeah. still be professional. And it was, it was challenging. And like, yeah. you know, my, my participants were kind enough to be like, Nick, like we could probably make this work without you. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to make you pay for a workshop that I didn't show up to. Like, yeah. Yeah. and it was a really tough situation. It's not something I would wish on anybody, but it, it worked out. And so that whole trip, I was just kind of going through the motions of being a photographer like I knew, I knew what the process was like and I wasn't inspired and I wasn't like interested in what I was doing. I was just doing yeah. it. When I get back and I look at the photos in some cases, like I can definitely see that. Like I didn't, I didn't put any effort into my photography, Yeah. but I also was able to kind of capture the place. I, I captured the mood somehow that I was in, in my photos. So when I go mm -hmm. to post-process them, they're just doom and gloom and rainy day and like so depressing. Some yeah. of the most depressing photography I've ever done. And you can see that, that emotion that I was feeling at the time. Yeah. I, I picked up on that from what you posted from Iceland. You know, I, I immediately was like, yeah, that, the, these images make sense. <clears throat> and it's, you know, and it's kind of crazy. Like I, that that's something that I have always felt was kind of missing from my own photography was just feeling and emotion. And it's something that I'd always admired in other people's photography. And apparently all it takes is your parents dying <laughs> and you can have that. Yeah. So I guess the tip is like, you know, go out and shoot right after the loss of a loved one and you can make really depressing images too. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> that's kind of my bread and butter is the dramatic booty, but you know, I think that's that more says a, a lot about me and not what I'm going through at the time. Right. I'm just kind of like that moody, just uh, kind of guy. Ryan keeps a picture of his dead cat in his pocket and he just looks at it <laughs> and he's like, and then, and then he takes a photo because I have, a, puts tattoo, him in the I have a tattoo up here of my, my two dead cats names. <laughs> 
I, I swear to God. <laughs> that, was so, that was so close to the truth. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep. See, I, I knew you were Ryan, the dead cat photographer. Like that Dude, makes sense. I, so yeah, like, you know, the technical aspect can get in the way for the majority of the first several years of your photography. And then there's the times when you just aren't in the mood, but then there's the other times when you show up to a location and like, especially when you've been doing a type of photography a lot, like, you know, wide angle wildflowers with mountains in the background photography. And then you show up where that type of shot just isn't there. I, th I feel like a lot of times people go into a location with preconceived notions of what they're going to do. I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can't make it happen. And then you're like, well, there's no photo here, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, for, for me, like, when when my wife Candace and I go out shooting, um, she'll like we have similar tastes, but mm -hmm. also very different tastes in what we like to do. So we'll go out and shoot something, and you know it'll be a spot that she wants to shoot. I'm not necessarily that into it, and so I just kind of don't put any effort into it. And then we get home, and I you know walk through the family room where she's sitting there processing shots, and I'm like, shit, why didn't I? Why, why didn't I shoot that? Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, I mean, just seeing the way other people's minds mm -hmm. work creatively can help as well. I mean, like shooting with other people as much as like, I don't necessarily like to shoot with a lot of other people. You know, I've got like my friends, miles, mm -hmm. David, my wife, Candace, it, 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 shooting with people on workshops, things like that. For me, like I, I, I don't like to shoot with a ton of people, but it's good to do because mm -hmm. you see the way other people's minds work and, and that can be very inspiring. Yeah, it can because it can kind of take you out of the the rut that you're currently in just to see yeah. a different type of approach to the same place that you were just at. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's super helpful because other people will always 100% of the time see things differently than you do, mm -hmm. even if they're pretty similar. Like, like, you know, I'll shoot with my wife or with Miles and we'll be shooting right next to each other, same scene, and their take on it is significantly different than mine. Right. You know, and so that's that's beneficial, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that, you know, when people sign up for a workshop, I think that's one of the biggest things that they're getting is because if you get used to shooting by yourself or maybe you have your spouse that doesn't do photography and they're like standing over there, like twiddling their thumbs as you're trying to compose and all that, you get used to shooting that way. And then you get the opportunity to shoot with somebody like a Ryan Dyer. That's that's really good at you know, the creative process and stuff. Well, yeah, all right. Uh, you get that chance to see how they work. That's one of the most valuable parts of a workshop is just seeing all the different approaches from the other participants, from the instructor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Even the other participants learn yeah. from each other. You know, just being in that group setting, you'll see things that you never thought of. Yeah. You know, maybe because there's other people around to, to kind of take you out of your comfort zone, zone mm -hmm. and push you in a certain direction. And uh, it's much easier for other people to push you out of your comfort zone than for you to push yourself out of your own comfort Absolutely. zone. Absolutely. And, and a lot of times it's just the little things. Like, you know, when you get used to shooting by yourself, there's a lot of little things that you don't know that you don't know. You know, yeah. so sometimes it's just like a focusing method, like, oh, I never thought to do that. And, yeah, and yeah, that for happens sure. for the ins instructors as well. Like there's a lot of times there's just those little things where like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah, when I'm teaching uh, processing lessons, things like that, I'll be doing something and pretty often, you know, I'm showing somebody something and they go, you know, there's a way easier way to do that, right? I'm like, huh? They're like, oh, you just hit this. And I'm like, Jesus, like a lot of like the keyboard shortcuts I know and, and like quick little things are come from people I'm teaching. You right. Know? So and I think that's a healthy thing to remember is that 
just because like I make a living doing this, like this is my full-time job doesn't mean I know it all. It, I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I don't like to use the term professional photographer. Like it's not on my website in my bios anywhere because I don't know. I just, I can't stand that term for myself because it's presumptive. They're, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much I don't know. Mm-hmm. and still want to learn. And I think that's what keeps me interested. You know, the, the moment you go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm the best I can be. Then like, why bother? Exactly. That's the, that's anymore? the moment that you stop getting better. The, yeah. the moment that you say, Oh, look at how good I am. That's the moment that you're no longer hungry enough to improve. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that I never get to that point. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, I might get a little burned out on photography sometimes just because, I mean, it's, it's my whole life. Like all my friends are photographers. My wife's a photographer, Mm -hmm. you know, our vacations are photography related. Yeah. The conversation over the dinner table is about white balance and, and (laughs) yeah, I mean, it it, it really does get that way. And so sometimes I can be a little like burnt out on it, but I still love it. Mm -hmm. You know, the second you give up trying to learn new things, uh, I mean, you'll just get left behind. You'll lose all interest and. And, uh, yeah, then you'll, you'll be like yeah. the, the guy with the beard that listens to music from the nineties because he doesn't like anything. New that. <laughs> I, I can turn you on to some, some good new stuff. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some I, need good new stuff. I need a little bit of that in my life. Cause man, I'm stuck. Like Spotify knows what I like. And it's really sad how, how well like Spotify and Pandora can predict a person's musical taste just by like yeah. a couple couple clicks of that yeah. mouse and man, they know every song that I like and it's For sure. sad. But I mean, if, you, if you haven't gotten into Ariana Grande yet, you should because it's awesome. All right. I'll check Justin it out. Timberlake. Oh no. Are you serious? Are you being no, serious? I, I, I'm, I'm, kidding about, I'm kidding about Ariana Grande. I'm serious about Justin Timberlake. Okay. Well, I thought that um, was backwards. And Taylor Swift. I don't believe you, Ryan Dyer. Not so guilty pleasures. <laughs> I, I swear. I swear to God. Actually, this is the same um, guy that I was having a conversation with about death metal, like the last time we talked. So, yeah, Ryan Adams covered Taylor Swift's 1989 album. The whole thing is freaking brilliant. I don't know if you're a Ryan Adams fan. But uh, it's not really. really good. Not really. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting back to like we kind of got away from it a little early, but getting back to like the showing up to a scene and and kind of trying to impose your will upon it one of the things that i've worked really hard at lately with my photography is showing up and letting letting the scene itself dictate how i'm going to shoot actually see what's there and and not try to just force my type of photography onto a scene like actually you know, absorb it and see what's possible there. And for sure, it's one of those things that I've kind of struggled with because I do get stuck in those ruts. I was out at Smith Rock a few months ago. You've been to Smith Rock mm-hmm. before, right? I have. You you get there and every, every time I go, it's like, wow, this is incredible. It's just massive, imposing, you know, rock faces. And then I try to shoot it and I like I've got this preconceived notion of what it should be. And I yeah. try to do it. And it doesn't work. So last time I went, I took that approach of like, okay, well, what I want to do just isn't going to work. I've tried it dozens of times over the past decade. You know, I, I just walked around looking through the lens and trying to figure out what works and what what is possible. And I, I got something I'm okay with, but I still don't think it's it's the, the best shot that, that could be done from out there. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing is some scenes just, they look incredible when you're standing there immersed mm-hmm. in it. 
and you put a camera on it and it just nothing it just doesn't translate you, you that's that's something hard to do is translating the scale or the the feeling or the imposing rock walls that yeah i mean you have to look up to to see mm-hmm. that's another creative challenge is trying to convey that it, it's not always possible right anybody that's been to the grand canyon knows exactly what talking about there it's yeah for sure it's an amazing place to take in and it's an impossible place to photograph and to really convey it like there there are some good photos of the grand canyon but none of them do it justice though yeah you can make good shots but you can't portray the the feeling the the vastness or the the greatness of the place right in a a single image but that's 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 another big challenge creatively that that i find is just trying to put the viewer there Mm -hmm. and that's always my goal is like make it feel like you can walk into the scene some scenes just don't lend themselves to that i think another place where people kind of get stuck in ruts and they struggle with creativity is the post-processing side just like any other part of our photography it's really easy to just do the same you get your you know your workflow down and you do it to every image and then pretty soon all of your photography starts to look the same which is great for being consistent it's not so good for feeling fulfilled because you're not changing and growing and and as artists that we get kind of addicted to that we want to create something new and when it feels like you go to various places and you create the same photo from all these different places over and over um it doesn't feel very new and fresh one of the things that i like to do is just try to find a new photographer that has kind of a different style in post-processing and just try to get inspired by different looks and different feelings and, and different styles. Where do you get your inspiration? A lot of it's from painters. And I've said this in a million interviews and podcasts, but, you know, Albert, Albert Bierstadt and, uh, you know, a lot of the you know, kind of luminist Hudson River school of, of painters. I love it. Like if I could paint, I, I would throw my camera out the window. I, actually, for Father's Day, my wife got me like oil paints and canvas That's and cool. easel and, and like... I'm too intimidated to try to do it. Um, I get a lot of inspiration from that just because the there's a way they handle dynamic range and light that is really interesting and and not real at all. But uh, you know th- th- that's the cool thing about painters is they can paint whatever the hell they want and and nobody bats an eye. Mm-hmm. But if I it's not necessarily if, true if, as photography. If, if I warp them out and then I'm the devil. So. <laughs> Uh, we were joking Which, before the show that Ryan is so good at making people mad. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what my career has hinged upon is just pissing people off <laughs> over the past decade, which I love it. It's it's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, there's a thing today that somebody thought that the way I process is damaging the photography industry. And, you know, that's that's fine. Here's the thing is like photography is art. And everybody kind of has to find, you know, where their place is going to be in that creative spectrum. You have photo documentarians that are like, they want to produce a literal example of what the place looked like. And then you have people that want to take a little bit more creative spin on it and, you know, do something special with post-processing. And then you have people that are like, you know what, this is my art. I'm going to hang this picture on the wall because it's art. And those people throw caution to the wind and they do what they want. And none of it is wrong. Like, that's the thing is none of these people are selling stuff as, you know, this is exactly how the place looked. That's the thing. If I I pass off what I did as 100% documentary style of shooting, then, then yeah, kind of screw me a little bit. I, I, I get it. But, like, when I'm questioned about how I'm doing these things and 
passing them off as you know false um i make videos and sell them give me 50 bucks you can have it um, <laughs> but i i document in video what i do to my images and put it out there for the world to see i i state on my website i'm not a photo purist i take a lot of artistic liberties so i sometimes i feel attacked by people saying well you know you're kind of duping you know image viewers well if if they feel duped that's fine that's i mean that's that's not on me because i put it out there you know everywhere that you know this is what i do and and if you don't like it that's perfectly fine i understand i i love purist photography as well i can Mm -hmm. appreciate all of it i'm not going to talk crap about anybody based off of what they like to do. Like, it just doesn't matter that right, much. Exactly. Me. Because you know, I mean, there's I, room for everybody. There's room for, for sure. every different type of photography. It's up to them what to decide what it is that they want to do. Like, you know, I, I'm somewhere in between there. Like me personally, I want to milk out the, the most of what I got at the time. And I, and I'm not afraid to make it, you know, look more like it felt to me. Even if that means getting rid of wide angle distortion and making that, that mountain that was in the middle of my yeah. frame taller, like it was in real life, then I'm for sure totally fine with that. Yeah. But one of the things that I've chose just for myself, just, just for a happiness point is that I don't swap skies. And the reason for it is because it, it would take the fun out of chasing skies. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. it's just a personal thing. And it doesn't mean that people that do that are wrong because there's no such thing as wrong in in an art yeah. form. There's room for death metal and there's room for Taylor Swift. Exactly. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's the way I, I think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so. the equivalent of like, you know, people saying that when things went digital and synth, that, that it's no longer yeah. music and that's not entirely true. You yeah. might have a preference and that's okay too. You, you can sure. totally have a preference for sure. But auto tune that, that, that stuff ain't right. Like attitudes rock, but you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> tunes all that bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Making bad singers into good singers since 2010. Sure. I mean, everybody needs a little help. Sometimes. Exactly. And, and make a few million dollars. When it comes to being creative, I think the biggest things are overcoming technical hurdles that are getting in your way and obstructing you from just having the ability to be creative. Try to open your eyes when you go to a place and and see it for what it is rather than what you're trying to force it to be. Yep. Be inspired by other art. Big time. Like there's there's a lot of people who will say, you know, you, you got to do something new and unique and, and completely different than anybody else is doing it. Well, I mean, that's not so true in, in my eyes i mean you, you can kind of take bits and pieces from what you like about certain people and and their styles and kind of form yeah. your own frankenstein monster that that is your thing mm-hmm. you know i mean i don't think any photographer out there right now can honestly say they've not been inspired in some way by another shooter or, or another you know artist embrace the fact that you can be inspired you can say enrico does this i love that um you know Ted Gore does this. I, I love that. Uh, you know, Ryan Dyer does this mediocre. And, and so maybe I can do it better than him. But, you know, take bits and pieces and, and kind of create your own thing, but embrace being inspired. You know, it, you don't have to be labeled as a hack or a, or a thief because you get inspired by somebody. Right. And a lot of times it's, it's learning what the way that other people work learn that first and then use that as a launching point for where you're going to go. That's the same is true for music. I always bring it back to music, but it's true. Like when you're first starting a band, you start off playing covers and other bands. Yeah. And yeah, when you first pick up a guitar, you play smoke on the water. Exactly. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, 
you you emulate and, and that's how you learn you get technically proficient you know you gotta you gotta learn the basics and become comfortable with them before you can write music or you know create something entirely original exactly in your art yeah so every every art form is influenced by multiple multiple things and it's totally okay for the for that to happen in photography as well absolutely so what cool stuff do you have coming up iceland tour coming up that's full your your guys is full too isn't it yeah yeah but when are you going september so i I have one in september as well what dates uh I don't remember off the top of my head, somewhere in there in the middle. We might be there at the same time. That'd be awesome. First round's cool. on me then. <laughs> All right, um, cool. Two tours to Norway, uh, back to back. That's awesome. Uh, with LofotenTours.com, um, launching a new project, entirely new project in the next couple of days. Whole new website, new company. Oh, wow. Um, with, with some cool people. So I'll, I'll be announcing that. Um, so... Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Ryan Dyer. Subscribe to my email list on my website for discounted videos and nice. discounted tour rates. And if you want to learn how to that new project, yeah, and if you want to learn how to warp a mountain, <laughs> come to me. I'm, He's the I'm guy. your guy. He's the guy. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. That's the motto. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, dude. Dude, absolutely love talking to you. So awesome. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode. Remember that you can subscribe on iTunes and all that stuff. This is an audio podcast as well. So we'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye.